So nearly a decade after Napster shut down, Lars Ulrich got another unexpected call from his manager Cliff. We got a call from Cliff uh, again saying that Sean Parker wanted to, to talk to us. I'll let Sean and Lars tell the rest of the story from here. So I finally was able to broker a meeting. And they said, we want you to come up. We want to meet on our turf. Come to our, our studio uh, up north of San Francisco, where they've been operating for decades. I was very nervous. They said, come alone. Don't bring an assistant. Don't bring anyone. Come by yourself. Cliff encouraged him to come alone. And uh, he showed up at HQ in, in, in San Rafael and came in and was brave, walked in through the door, and there were the four members of Metallica. I'm walking into this room full of people who I've been in litigation with and I've never met and they've never met me and I'm way outnumbered. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't know what I'm walking into. Is this some sort of, am I going to regret? I was sweating profusely. It wasn't even that hot. It was just like a normal cool day in San Francisco. And I just remember feeling like clammy and just thinking, I'm like, what am I, what have I got myself into? Because this has all become very real now. Obviously, none of us are assholes. None of us are nasty people. Hi, how are you? Come on in. Nice to see you. Would you like a beverage? <laughs> Would you like some tea, some coffee, whatever? We were trying to make him feel uh, comfortable. And obviously, it was pretty clear that he was, I don't know, nervous, uncomfortable, whatever. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I, I walk in and they're all, they take me to this room, kind of just like a nondescript conference room with a bunch of Metallica branded merchandise everywhere. And they're all sitting around the table just waiting. And I go around and introduce myself, but it's like not a normal... It's not a normal introduction because we have no idea where this conversation is going to go. And the first, I don't know, hour was almost like a group therapy session. And he came in and, and we tried to make him feel at home and, and be respectful. And we had some very good, healthy discussions about the past, about his view and how he felt about everything that had happened in 2000, 2001. And then we talked about our experience and our version of those events. And even though we uh, agreed on some things, I, I think we very much felt that both of us were unprepared for what happened and making it up as we went along to the best of our ability. And we, so we were quite open about that. We agreed to disagree on certain elements of it, but I think it, it was very respectful. But when, he, when we got talking about what we were really feeling, like what did it feel like to live through that kind of scrutiny? And what, what did it feel like for him? And he made it really clear that it really hurt him that we took down all those Metallica users. And I said, you know, I kind of did that to you. That was my, that was like, a, that was definitely a calculated move to try to punish you guys for, for what you did. And, and, and Lars said, yes, well, it was a street fight. And well, it's nothing personal. We're just two rival gangs. And it was a, a brawl. And I said, yeah, it's just, I, I was just 19 at the time. So you guys were a lot more mature and really successful, and I, I felt powerless. And so we, we had this sort of kumbaya, like group therapy session, and I feel like I teared up a couple times, and s somehow out of that process, I had this realization that, so I we had been so vilified by some, but also embraced by others, and we were at the center of this maelstrom. And Metallica was equally, had put themselves in the center of it, and our experience of being in the middle of this media moment and dealing with the positive and negative ended up having way more in common with each other than, than let's say, if I met a random Napster fan on the street and they said, oh, I used to download hundreds of songs on Napster, I loved Napster, it was so great. They didn't live through the street fight. 
So there's so there this rea realization that I had a lot more common experiences, shared experiences with Lars than I did with most people. There's a word you learn that's not necessarily part of your vocabulary when you're 19 years old and full of spunk, and that's the word empathy. And so when you start understanding things from another person's point of view, your adversary in this case, it helps a lot. And I felt a kindred spirit in Sean. And so to have the dialogue, to be able to get the points of view across, to be able to express how we ended up the, in that street fight and why we ended up in that street fight and how bewildering it was for us to be in that street fight and then get a chance to sort of 10 years later to just explain our points of view and get that out there and get a chance to do it the right way felt so satisfying. Not long after this meeting, Sean and Lars appeared on stage together for the first time at a press event where Metallica officially announced that they were going to add their full catalogue to Spotify. And their fans loved it. In 2019 alone, Spotify used to stream Metallica over a billion times. Metallica had gone from poster child for the war on piracy to messenger of the digital revolution. Not a half bad ending to that back alley brawl, right? 